I will say, like, I've been trying to, you know, have us catch up in episodes to the number of titles that Daniil has, and we just can't do it. Luckily, Clay season is here, so I think we'll get a reprieve. <laughs> Here's the thing, though. I, th- I thought that before Indian Wells. I was like, you know what? I have no hope for Indian Wells in Miami. I said that. You did. And I was wrong. Well, at least he didn't get he didn't get a title in Indian Wells, so we don't have like both of them too. Yeah, that would be wild. <laughs> Suddenly, he wins the Sunshine Double. <laughs> oh my god! It's because he's Sunshine. Uh, Daniil is Midnight Rain for sure. <laughs> no, I think um, Miami is is Rain though for sure. That's oh yeah. Oh, f- yeah. Houston is rain. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. <laughs> it's, why is it so bad? Also, the clay in Houston, I know this is not what the episode is about, but the clay it's in so Houston ugly. is horrible. Horrific. I'm like, what? Please. Like, add some food coloring to it. Do the thing that, like, people in Chicago do to r- the river on St. Patrick's Day. Like, right. Do that to the clay. <laughs> Just put some blood down. <laughs> Blood, not the blood. Oh my god, damn. Blood, sweat, and tears. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's what I feel yeah. when I'm watching Houston. I'm like, oh god, my eyes. Well, that implies that there's Houston to watch. I mean, that's true. That's true. Have we started or are we just <laughs> I feel like we did. <laughs> Let's talk about Miami. Are we going to start introducing ourselves and the podcast earlier in the episode? <laughs> oh, right. Okay. I'm Miranda. And I'm Katie. And this is Backhands and Compliments. And we talk about tennis and we take the ATP just as seriously as it deserves to be taken. <laughs> as seriously as it takes itself, frankly. <laughs> this is a mess. We don't even, I don't think we have the Stefanos rule stuff on the agenda, even though that was like a big no. part of the week. Because I tried my darndest to figure out what the hell everyone was talking about and like what the actual rule was. And uh, couldn't find it. Couldn't figure it out. So. No idea. Nothing. I think st- I read the rule book and I also would have interpreted it the same way the staff did. And that's all I'm going to say. Yeah. And I also tried to read it and thought I understood it and then saw many tweets that were like, no, it's actually this way. And I was like, okay, I'm giving mm-hmm. up. Imagine <laughs> reading that in a second language, too. Mm. <laughs> like. It's a joke. It's a joke. Absolutely disgustingly awful. Like, no. No way. I can't imagine trying to read that. Anyway, I hope they have people that, like, know the rule book and, like, explain everything to them. Like, I really hope that that person exists. Um, so. And if that person does exist, I have questions. <laughs> Send us an email. <laughs> Backhandsandcompliments at gmail.com. <laughs> yeah, lit- literally. We would leave you anonymous. <laughs> Yeah, speaking of our email, I want to say at the beginning this time, um, if you guys could rate us five stars on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, wherever you listen, etc. Very helpful. We usually save that for the end. And honestly, our retention is quite good. So yeah. like, it's okay that we save it for the end. But I just want to say at the beginning, closer to the banning, um, rate us. And it's super helpful because honestly, that's the only way that people know that people actually listen to this and we're not just like shouting into the void. The only mm-hmm. public facing like metric of how many people listen to your podcast <laughs> is the ratings. So they're important. Yeah. Remember to tell a friend, to tell a friend, to tell a friend that we're back. So true. <laughs> we're back after a random <laughs> slight hiatus. Although we don't have an upload schedule. And yes, that is in fact on purpose. 
<laughs> yeah, contrary to popular belief, we don't have an upload, upload schedule. schedule. We just do our best. And sometimes we don't even do our best. Yeah, sometimes we actively do our worst. Um, so we're going to talk about Miami, even though Miami was a week ago. <laughs> it feels like forever ago. feels like forever. feels like a lifetime. I've completely blocked it out. I wrote this outline like a week ago, and I've forgotten half the stuff that's on it. So this is going to be a surprise to us. Actually, I'm lying to you. This has been, like, the fastest week of my life. Like, I don't know if it's just because I haven't been watching any tennis. Maybe. Like, this week has gone by in hyperspeed. Like, I just lied to you. Wow. I don't know. I looked up, and it was, like, the end of the day on Thursday. I was oh. like, oh, my God. <laughs> anyway. We love to see it. <laughs> I don't. I'm like, where's my life going? It's an issue. <laughs> see, my I'm week, not even kidding. My week goes on hyperspeed when there's tennis to watch, because I'm like, oh, my God, I'm, like, planning my days based on the tennis, and I'm, like, waiting for the tennis mm. to start which makes my life sound really sad and it actually kind of is but we move <laughs> well here's the thing um clay season starting you won't have to wait for it to start True. because you will um wake up and it will have all finished so that's so rude of you <laughs> honestly though clay season really should be your like waking up early era like it's um, this is gonna be good for you i think it's it's gonna be difficult um but it's gonna be good for me um anyway so we're gonna talk about miami because why not fuck it whatever yeah, because that's the tennis that happened last week um, and the week before that because it's a two-week Masters. So one of the big stories coming out of Miami that's the first <laughs> thing we have on our docket, that's the first yep. thing we're going to talk about, is the rain delays. Kitty, do you want to talk about the rain delays in Miami? It was an issue. Yeah. We lost like a whole day and then also lots of we other stuff. We lost so much. Um, they also started putting matches on very late at <laughs> night, which was great for me as a night owl yeah. um, and terrible for everyone else involved. The the rain was the rain is weird to me because I don't think of Miami as being particularly rainy. Like I think of rain and I'm like, what is Miami rainy? I mean, it's not hurricane season. I think of Miami as rainy. It's very tropical down there, right? Yeah, but not like in March. It's not hurricane season. It's not like August and September. That's true. I mean, climate change is really like wreaking havoc on havoc on the tennis schedule. I'm not even lying. I think with all the masters, though, maybe this is an unpopular opinion, but I do feel like they should probably put roofs on the main courts, like retractable ones. I know the sport's meant to be played outdoors and like when you close a roof, it gets really hot inside, but like put some air conditioning in there when the roof closes. Like, I don't know how expensive that is, but like figure it out, guys. Like, is it really that more expensive? I don't know. I'm going to, can I play devil's advocate? And by devil, I mean the HP. I would love to hear it, yes. Actually, and the WTA. WTA was there, WTA too. was there. Obviously, it's not like a dedicated tennis stadium. They were in a football stadium. Mm-hmm. So, like, if they were to put a roof on that, especially, like, more specifically for the tennis, it's much bigger than, like, a tennis roof would need to be. It's very hard for them to find a venue unless it's, like, a tennis-specific venue because they need it for such a long time. Like, that was one of the things that was crazy when I went to Paris Masters. They have to fully rent this place out for more than two weeks, like, probably almost three weeks where almost nothing else can happen in the stadium. That's wild to me. Yeah. Um, So that's a part of the logistics like it must must just be so difficult to find like places for this but then you have like the dedicated tennis stadiums that also don't have roofs and i'm mm-hmm. like can we just get retractable roofs on these things it's 2022 it's 2023 um, apparently it's more expensive to build a roof than it would be to build a new stadium but like we got billionaire tennis fans what are we doing yeah larry ellison get onto it also i think since they literally build the stadium like the tennis courts in Miami, like, can't you just have a design plan that already has a retractable roof built into the design plan? Like, I feel like that would be easier no. than putting a roof on an existing. 
I don't think they'd be able to do that because they don't build all of the stands. They don't build like 100% of the stands. They build stands on this side and then they use this side of the actual thing. They just like shrink it mm. and make it smaller. I'm sure an architect could figure it out. Yeah, but I, I do think like there's a demand for it and they have probably tried. Mm, that's fair. Uh, maybe they just move Miami to someplace that's not a football stadium and a parking lot. A football stadium, a parking lot, an F1 track, etc. Yeah. Again, we said in our last episode that Miami is boily pop, and we were not kidding. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. What if they just played tennis in the rain? No. Fuck it. <laughs> Absolutely not. These guys need to toughen up a little. Play tennis in the rain. You know, I'd rather not see some of my faves get hurt. What are, are you afraid of a little rain? Oh, a little <laughs> rain gonna take you out. Mm. They're gonna melt. A little melt. Oh no. Oh no. I don't want my fans getting hurt, though. <laughs> so. No, I know. But, like, de- design some special shoes. Like, Nike, get on it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't think that's... I don't think... I don't I don't know if that's possible. <laughs> okay. Let's talk about our my personal win of the week, um, mm-hmm. which is Chris Eubanks. So, if you didn't see, for some reason, if you weren't following along, um, Chris Eubanks is an American tennis player. He is a six foot seven Taurus man. He's giving Gumby. He's giving Gangly. He has been pretty much hanging out in like the lower one hundreds and like mid one hundreds in the ranking, and. Uh, he got some great wins in Miami and he cracked the top 100. And when he realized that after he won his match, where I think he saved like six match points or something in the tie break. I don't remember. Something crazy. It's been a lifetime. He started crying and it was so emotional about it. And I was just like, oh, so cute. Um, and then he won again. And he beat my arch nemesis, Adrian Manorino. So slay for that. And he's now ranked number 85 in the world. So we love to see that. Crazy when you're down at that level because everyone is so close points Mm -hmm. wise that if you pick up like five points, you can move like five (laughs) spots. Like everyone is so close. He seems like an absolute sweetie. He seems very like professional. Yes. One thing that I think is very interesting about Chris is like in the US on Tennis Channel, he's literally doing commentary for matches of a tournament that he is playing in. (laughs) And that is fascinating to me i'm like what is that like like i i don't know and it's interesting that that didn't take away because you would think that that would be distracting it's probably the kind of thing he only signed up to do because he didn't think he was (laughs) gonna make it that far but like i love this for him i think Mm -hmm. this is such a slight and like obviously getting into the top 100 is like such a huge deal because it's like he's going to get entry into the main draw of roland garros instead of having to play qualies Mm -hmm. he will be able to play in bigger tournaments that like at as table stakes offer offer higher points and like that's what the momentum is of keeping someone up at that level i just i love this for him like i think that this is so nice and it's gonna you know change his career anything else to say about chris eubank um so i was looking up some article stuff about him just to get some background for when we talked about him because I was like I really don't know a bunch about him besides the fact that he's American Mm -hmm. and I've like seen him play a couple of times but I found this really funny quote from Sloane Stevens who honestly Sloane Stevens is an icon a legend I love her she said this of Chris when someone asked her about him she said oh lord don't get me started on that giraffe Jesus we love Chris we love daddy long legs (laughs) and that is truly that's all that's all I really needed Slay. Slay. Talking about slays. Wow. Who else do we love? (laughs) (laughs) What a segue. Next, we're going to talk about, oh, Botic. (laughs) 
you want me to do it? I can do it. I just feel bad. <laughs> I can't say it. Go ahead. Do, do it. Give, give us the name. Do you want to do you want to give it one good college try and then I will come in and do it? It's so hard because I love mispronouncing his name and it is out of affection. Bodic van de Zanskulp? Shulp? Oh my god, that was pretty good. Bodic van de Zanskulp. Every time I say that, I do do a V as like, I, I say the V as like, but he says it as more of a van de Bodic won some big wins this week. The biggest win. Not maybe, is it the biggest win of his career? Possibly. I didn't look that up, but it could be. So he beat Casper, but then unfortunately he lost to Emil Rusevori. Nearly died against Emil. I watched that match. He was having the worst time ever. And I felt so bad for these. Why did they put the two white, blonde, blue-eyed, Scandi men on during the middle of the day in Miami? They trying to murder him. It's almost like they don't take that into account when they're making the schedule. What a concept. What a concept. I feel like they should, but okay. it's fine. But the one thing I did love the most about watching all of this unfold with Bodic um, is there's a photo of him outside of the stadium, like after he beat Casper. And he looks just so wide-eyed, awestruck, and terrified because there are yeah. so many people wanting autographs from him. And he has like mm-hmm. no idea what's happening. He's just like so so like upset he's like what is going on here and to be honest i really was i was rooting for him against casper because you know i have to because bell's he's bell's favorite player but i do think i fell in love with him a little bit during that match and after so i think we're really in our like dutch player era because i listened to a podcast that talon greekspor was on excuse me talon greekspor he like says it there's a little like guttural thing on the g anyway it doesn't Ooh. matter i'll say greek sport because imagine if someone said my name with an accent and i was like no it's actually pronounced miranda thanks though but yeah i was listening to a podcast episode that he was on and i was like oh my god this kid is so great i say kid with all due respect i don't know yeah. why i said that but like you get you get the vibe i was yeah. like Ugh, I, like, he seems so nice seems like great hard working fella and yeah. i can't wait to root for him and here's the That's thing great. about me like i can root for anyone after listening to them on a podcast for 30 minutes like ask someone some long form questions like i'm gonna be obsessed like i'm gonna fall in love it's great we're really in our dutch era i mean mm-hmm. i'm in my doubles era love some love wesley mm-hmm. Kulhoff. so you know i'm fully in my fully in my dutch era truly about to get some little dutch flags for me and bell but no i was really happy for botek i love when people have these kind of like unexpected runs here like i think it's lovely we don't have on the agenda, but like a Fran Serendolo also had another like mm-hmm. long run in Miami. I don't know what it is with him in Miami, but I do love that for yeah, him. Love I it. just like it when we mix things up. Mm-hmm. And I think as we celebrate this last Masters 1000 where Novak <laughs> won't be able to play, um, let's just celebrate how nice it was that things got mixed up. Okay. Love to see. Yeah, truly. I mean, it really didn't by the end. But I, we'll get there. Sorry. We'll, we'll get, get to the finale. I got yeah. stuff to say. The finale. <laughs> Oh my god, we gotta go. Okay. Yeah, gotta get out of here. Um, the next thing that we have on the list is um, Morgan and Taylor and the kittens. That was one of my favorite parts of yeah. Miami was like seeing the very domestic content from Morgan Riddle and Taylor Fritz. I almost called him Taylor Riddle. As you should. It's Taylor Riddle. <laughs> As I should. But um, it was lovely. They like uh, fostered some kittens. They also did a lovely little fundraiser for the animal shelter that they uh, fostered the kittens through it was just like very nice obviously it's hard for them to actually have pets because they 
travel so much. Like, I don't think they could really have a cat full time. So it's nice that when they do have, like, three weeks solidly in one spot in Miami, like, they still fostered kittens. Also, so brave of them to do it when they were moving as well. Like, can't imagine. That just seems like a lot. But um, I'm very happy for them. I don't know. I loved the content over the Mm -hmm. past couple of weeks. I am very excited for Morgan's, like, Europe vlogs now upcoming but i loved i loved morgan and the kittens and taylor his reaction to seeing the kittens i don't think i would have said before now that like i was in love with taylor fritz like i like taylor fritz but seeing his reaction to those kittens i'm a little bit in love with taylor fritz sorry morgan i mean i was in love with morgan before but yeah the the toothbrush was very cute it was just Mm -hmm. like very sweet his reaction when she surprised him with the kittens like the cutest thing i have ever seen cutest thing um and i just don't understand how someone couldn't love them like it just doesn't make sense to me no they're like so good they're so cute Mm -hmm. amazing speaking of people that are really cute which Uh. honestly is how we just start all of these every single segment (laughs) every single transition is like speaking of people that are really cute yeah this is a cute week like i don't miami was was kind of a slight because everyone was being cute anyway it's it's true um Carlos and Andre and their cute little blossoming friendship. The HP put out a video where Andre entered a practice court, I think, and yeah. Carlos was already on the practice court. So they were, you know, doing their little switcheroni. And I don't know why I said that. <laughs> <laughs> and they, like, started chatting. And it was just very sweet to see them, like, talk to each other. Very nice of them to talk uh, to each other in English for us because, you know, sure. Andre speaks really good Spanish. I think it was very cute. Carlos goes, I'm trying to be like you. And Andre goes, if you were trying to be like me, you'd be like number eight. And it's making Andre realize that, like, he doesn't necessarily mean in terms of the tennis that he's playing. Like, I mean, I think he does a little bit. But I think, like, it's so clear to me how much respect, like, everyone on tour has for Andre because they Mm -hmm. see how much work he puts in and they see, like, how nice he is. Like, Mm -hmm. I think that's what, that's what Carlos is trying to be like. He's trying to be like Andre in terms of, like, the respect that everyone has for Andre. Like, it's not necessarily being number six in the world. It's being, you know, the the president of the Players' Council or whatever the hell Andre's the president. Yeah. (laughs) miscongeniality miscongeniality truly i mean everyone loves andre and he is congenial as hell (laughs) i feel like we just keep getting more and more evidence of how just everyone loves andre and i just Mm -hmm. always feel so validated in my own love of andre every single time and it's just lovely to see we also got um gladiator tennis put out a video of um what is his name? Grigory something. But his name is Grigory Kuklin. His uh, YouTube channel is called Gladiators Tennis. So he is a, I guess, a professional, like, player. He's sort of lower, you know, not someone who, like, gets into, like, main tournaments, but someone who travels around the Challenger and ITF circuit is what I assume. Mm-hmm. And he warms up other players. Um, and so he was working for the Dubai um, tournament. And... The first videos that came out were him practicing with Daniil Medvedev. And um, he's just, he's very funny. He's very down to earth. And he practiced with Daniil one day. Both Grisha and Daniil. Very funny, very down to earth. Exactly. Which I think we talked about this. I don't know if it got cut out, but he was practicing with Daniil and Hubie. And it like didn't go amazing in Grisha's opinion. So he was surprised that Daniil wanted to warm up with him again and he ended up mm-hmm. warming up <laughs> Daniel all the way to the final <laughs> but then yeah, he also literally. ended up warming up Andre and he got footage of that as well and it was mm-hmm. just 
again, solidifying how amazing and wonderful Andre is and how just very sweet he is. It's also very interesting to see the behind the scenes of all of that and how... I loved that part. Like, because Andre and Daniil warm up very differently than than each other. Like, it's very interesting to watch. So we love those videos. I just, like, I find the kind of, like, behind the scenes and the sort of, like, lifestyle stuff of it all. Like, I think that that stuff is very interesting. One of the questions we got, I, like, solicited questions on our Twitter. And one of the questions we got was, like, because we say I have questions all the time. And, like, I think this person probably wanted us to be, like, a little more specific in terms of, like, what questions we have. How dare you? I'm kidding. It's a great question that I had so much fun thinking about. But the question Mm -hmm. was, like, who would you want to – who's your dream guest on the show? And, like, what would you want to ask them? And when I was thinking about it, I'm, like, it's not going to be game questions from me. Mm -mm, Like, no. it's not going to happen. No. My questions are going to be about, like, the kind of lifestyle and, like, behind the scenes and all of that stuff. Like, what it's like. Because I think having that background in terms of, like, what it's actually like to go on tour. This is why I think, like, Morgan's vlogs are so great and all of mm-hmm. that stuff. I think that stuff is much more interesting and much more, like, unique. Like, I want to hear... I don't actually, but like, I would rather hear the pundits and stuff talk about the actual tennis. I don't need the players to, because the yeah. players aren't going to tell the truth about it usually. Like, yeah. they're not going to get all of their strategy out there, all of that stuff. So, my questions would be like about the lifestyle stuff. Anyway, yeah. Do you have a person, Katie, that you would want to have? Like, who's your dream? Who's your dream guest? Oh, that is such a good question. And there are so many. I mean, Morgan immediately comes to yeah. mind. Of course, I mean, obviously. Of course. I, mean, duh. I also think Morgan would be, and we know this, we have literal evidence mm-hmm. of how good she is on podcasts. Like, I just think she would be a very mm-hmm. entertaining person to talk to and a very easy person to talk to and, like, get a good rapport yeah. going with and, like, have a good time. Because, like, your girl has social anxiety. Like, <laughs> I would be very yeah. nervous. But I think in terms of players, I actually think I'd probably want to talk to Francis. I think Francis okay. would be a great guest. We to also on. know he's good on podcasts, though. We do, and I think he would have a very interesting perspective. I think he would be very fun to talk to. Who who would you have on? Who is who is your dream guest besides Morgan? Yeah. So one thing I'm definitely thinking about is like you don't want a language barrier. Like you right. want someone who is going to be able to like speak English really well and all of that stuff, and you want someone who's kind of like down to answer a question. Like you mm-hmm. want someone who isn't I don't know shy and all of that stuff. Um, so on my list in terms of players, I'm thinking, I think Taylor Fritz would be fascinating to talk to. Like, I do think, um, I think he would be like willing to have a conversation and like have a good time and stuff. Daniil is also on my list. Like, I think Mm -hmm. he, him in a press conference, like he will answer people's questions. I think he's like kind of surprisingly good with the media. I also, Katie, you're not saying this, but I'm going to say this for you as well. I have a lot of questions and would love to talk to Cam Nori. <gasps> that is a good one. That is a good one. Yeah. I would also love to talk to Cam Nori. What do you consider your home slam, Cam? <laughs> <laughs> what is your home slam? <laughs> I, I think this might surprise people. Steph is not on my list. Like, I just don't think no. he would actually answer questions. Who else is on my list? I think Shapo would be really fun to talk to, obviously, especially after his, like, feminism stuff. I'm really going deep on this list. But, like, I would love I would love Shapo and Miriam. Oh, together? I would love to do, like, couples together. Oh. Yeah, like, a Morgan and a <gasps> Taylor or, like, a Shapo and a Miriam. Whoa. Like, the couples together. You like, just, like, blew my mind. I didn't even yeah. think that was, like, a thing that could happen. Like, whoa. 
the boyfriends and the wags like get them all on here like i would love getting here's the thing (laughs) i would love getting both taylor and morgan together because Hmm. the way every question we would have would just be for morgan (laughs) yeah (laughs) but there's also an element of like our podcast has a very specific vibe Vibe. and there's certain Mm -hmm. players that i don't think would enjoy the vibe mm-hmm. because I do think some of the players hide behind and this is completely valid I'm not saying they shouldn't do this but they hide behind like the kind of air of like professionalism it puts like a barrier between them and everyone else which I think is a you know probably pretty smart actually especially if you don't mm-hmm. speak English as a first language and you're answering questions in English but like we're very slang we're very unprofessional you know we're not we're here to have a good time and you know, I think players would react to that in different we ways. We take them just players. as seriously as they deserve to be taken. Exactly. Like, I'm sorry, would I be asking Andre about his necklaces and about his hair care? Yeah, I literally would be. Okay, I'm sorry. So funny. <laughs> his so favorite funny. movies, his top 10 favorite movies. I'm sorry. He's I worked like, in a movie store. Ups one, two, and three, bitch. <laughs> and I'm like, I, <laughs> please, please no. No, I have different... My questions are, like, I would want to know, like, what's your favorite match that you've ever lost? Like, I think that that could get some good answers. There are certain people that I would want to ask, like, seeing Roger's retirement, for instance, I feel like that kind of might have put, like, different people's retirement into perspective, and I would be Mm. like, what's your, like, dream? Like, if you were to play doubles with someone, like... yeah. Rafa and Roger like who would your Rafa be in that situation who would you want like your that's a good question I also want to know people are always saying like oh this tournament took such good care of us what do you mean be specific yeah you know what did you what did they have on the menu at the buffet that was so good I'm sorry that I just took us on this like 10 minute tangent the other question that I would want to know why do you think your biggest fans are fans of you? Like, what is it about you oh. that you think people are a fan of? Like, I just, that's another question that I have for these people because I think it reveals like their perception of themselves, but it also mm-hmm. reveals like their perception of everybody else. And anyway. speaking of people that I would also love to have on the podcast, um, oh, is Juan Carlos so Ferrero. I would love to have Juan Carlos Ferrero on the podcast. Yeah. Um, the line in our notes doc, we, it's just a section and it just says <laughs> JCF. And all the other sections have bullet points under them. This one doesn't have any bullet points under it. So Katie, do you want to explain yourself? Like, what do you want to say about JCF? Or did you just want to mention Juan Carlos Ferrero and then move on? I genuinely do not know why I put just JCF there. The next slide is Tara Daniel, um, you saying, we love a rat slayer. We're not talking about Mateo. Um, we're talking about Vera. <laughs> he, he beats Vera. Mateo is not a rat, you guys. Like, He's oh my not. God. My no. fave. Um, we love Mateo. My little flop fave. I would love to have Mateo on the podcast. I didn't even mention that. Yeah, he opened a rat bakery, which was lovely. The rat was eating. Um, and he was cooking. We were cooking him. He got cooked. He got put in a pot, ratatouille. It's served up by Yannick Center in a hairnet. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, yeah, I like Tao Daniel. I like Tao Daniel. It's one I'll keep my eyes on. He's really like on a good little stretch of form. I love it. We don't have Mateo on the agenda. How we feel it, Mateo fan. But that I mean, Katie. I think Mateo will do better on Clay. I still think he's trying to find his form. I mean, he was McClayo. injured for a lot of last year, Macleo. Mm-hmm. I do hope he sorts it out. I think this is kind mm-hmm. of like an anomaly, and I think he'll be back to 
his normal form like once grass comes i don't know i will also say we probably if we'd had the podcast last year we probably would have been having a very similar conversation about daniel because he mm-hmm. also had a very traumatic loss at the australian i was thinking that too I, well yeah but his dramatic loss came in a little bit more not in first round and he was also yeah that was a little more traumatic i would say than than mateo's mm-hmm. um both against a big four member though maybe maybe next year we'll be having mateo slay and win like four tournaments in five weeks six weeks probably not but you never know he could start slaying again you know after the after the biggest flop usually comes the greatest slay which i'm also hoping about casper because i'm actually a little probably more worried about casper than i am mateo um it's nice though now i'm not worried about daniel anymore like there's more room in my mind to be worried about other people um i will say i was thinking about it today i was thinking about this morning like while folding laundry because these are the things that i think about um and I was like, I think one of the best things for tennis would be a Taylor Fritz, Matteo Berrettini, Wimbledon final. Because <gasps> people watch the Wimbledon final. I think people need to, A, see Matteo's face. I think that really helps. Mm. And I think, like, in the U.S. at least, like, having more people be exposed to Taylor Fritz, like, and having him make another deep run at a major, because I guess, you know, making the quarters, like, that was very impressive. But... Mm-hmm. If he had made that semi, he would have made the final. It's just so upsetting. Anyway, um, I genuinely, I genuinely believe that. I 100% agree with you, and this is going to be my dream that I've had since right now. That I've had since lunch. (laughs) That I've had since 12:39 a.m. My dream that I've had since folding my laundry this morning. Yeah, my dream that I've had since this exact moment, and I will carry on through Wimbledon. People tweet at us. I'm curious, what do you think this Slam final that would be like best for tennis would be? Francis, let's move on to Francis. This is a little. He would also be great in a Slam final. Just saying. He would be great at the U.S. Open Slam final. Would love to see Francis in a grant in the U.S. Open final. Against. Um, Hmm. Who would be good for that? Honestly, I think what I would love to see is I would, you know, and this is kind of counterintuitive to everything that I have. Andre Rublev. <laughs> no, I, that's my, that was my first thought initially, <laughs> naturally, obviously. Actually, this is going to be probably an unpopular opinion with you and also slightly an unpopular opinion with myself. But something <laughs> I would love to see, <laughs> maybe not in the final, in the semifinal. I'll call this a semifinal. I would love to see Francis Tiafo in the US Open beat Novak Djokovic. Okay. Yeah, fine. That, I think, would be a great match to watch. And I also think it would just be, like, the world writing itself in balance again. Mm-hmm. If Francis Tiafo crushed Novak Djokovic. Do I just want to see that in general? But I would love to see yeah. it at the U.S. Open. Because we will be seeing Djokovic at the U.S. Open. Unless he miraculously retires. Which, please, God, please do. Please go away. Speaking of Francis, let's talk about a little bit of controversy with Francis. Because um, I don't know who asked him this, but apparently in a Forbes interview, um, he basically said the TLDR of it is that people should be allowed to move around during tennis matches and not be required to stay completely silenced. Silent. Completely silent. Were you silent or silenced? Um, People are silenced. He said specifically, I have quotes here. Because I did look into this, you know, finally doing my due diligence with things. I'm not just randomly speaking out of my ass. I um, have a take, too. Oh. And it's different than yours. <gasps> oh, exciting. So <laughs> I'll go through through that. Is it a devil's advocate moment? No, it's, oh. it's not devil's advocate. I believe it. Okay. <laughs> he said, I think fans should be able to come and go and 
move around and speak during matches. Imagine going to a basketball game and not saying anything. Similarly, in the same, I think it was like a Tennis Channel article, Andre had a very interesting point because he was also, I guess, asked about this or was talking about it. Yeah, because Francis said it and then people were kind of given a chance to like give their rebuttal or say like, you know, journalists were very interested in the story. So they were asking everyone essentially like, do you agree with Francis? Like, how do you feel about this? Yeah, which is interesting. And Andre said, Mm -hmm. if it's a court like the US Open, because they're quite noisy there on center court, but it feels normal. The court I was playing on today, he said of Miami's grandstand, one bottle dropped and you hear it disturbing you a lot. So it depends. Not the Mm -hmm. bottle dropped. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, oh, calling out Miranda. (laughs) No, if that was Cam Nori, then it would be because that was actually during a Cam Oh Nori my god. Match. So Can you imagine? Go through your take and then we'll talk. I'm personally not a huge fan of letting people move around and talk. I think tennis mm-hmm. is very much about focus and concentration. And it's difficult to get in the zone when people are moving around or like talking loudly, like behind them, like specifically. I think obviously people who are sitting up high in the stands, like up in like like you said with Arth like with the U.S. Open and Arthur Ashe, like, if you're up on the top nosebleeds, like, you can say whatever the fuck you want. You can move around, because mm-hmm. no one's looking up that far. But, like, if you're behind the players, I think it's probably not a good idea to be moving around. And my main thought when thinking about whether we should let people move around is how would this affect the play of tennis itself? And I do think having a more riotous atmosphere during the points would harm the enjoyment of it for me personally. When I'm watching tennis on TV, I don't want to be able to see people moving. I don't want to be able to hear other people speaking. I don't really love being able to see people move. I think it would decrease the quality of play from the players on a whole. And that's not what I want to see when I'm watching tennis. I prefer Mm -hmm. to see very high quality tennis. I want to see the boys be hidden, you know? And I also think this is more of a thing with individual sports. Like golf is also very quiet when people are like moving around. Like they're very specifically like the golf clap is a very soft clap. You know, with basketball, it's very different, you know? So I think it's an individual Mm -hmm. sport thing. I'm not like vehemently against it. But I'm more on Andre's side of, like, it depends on what tournament you're at and what are what's the atmosphere of, like, the court and stuff. Mm-hmm. How easy is it for people to actually hear what you're saying? Because in Indian yeah. Wells, like, they could hear people talking. Here is my rebuttal. And that's, first of all, part of what Francis was saying, which you didn't necessarily quote, was also, like, the experience of being at a tournament and having Mm. to wait until a changeover to be able to come in. That is very annoying and definitely a detraction from people feeling like they can really like fully enjoy themselves, like get up, go to the bathroom, get a hot dog. I don't know, whatever. (laughs) But um, not a hot dog dog specifically. (laughs) I don't know. I was thinking like US Open vibes. A pizza box to leave it in the stadium for a girl to find and use it. Uh, Look, I'm grateful for that pizza box. It's annoying for people at the tournament. It's less Mm -hmm. annoying for the people watching on TV. And I get like Mm -hmm. when you're making tennis as a product, the product on TV and the TV viewers actually who's like more important because you're making more money from like TV rights and people watching it. Anyway, um, The other thing that I have to say is he, in Andre's answer, he says like, oh, this isn't a problem, obviously, like in courts at the US Open. And I would say that's because there's less of an expectation to be quiet. So all the noise kind of blends together and becomes this Mm. just sort of like hum of white noise. The reason why you hear everything someone is saying in a court in Miami or Indian Wells is because like people are more respectful 
quote-unquote respectful. The reason why it's not disturbing at the US Open is because everyone is doing it. The reason why it would be disturbing at a Wimbledon is because no one is doing it so it stands out. If everything was like this and there were more distractions, I think you would end up being less distracted. I think because mm. there are so few distractions, the ones that there are are more distracting. That's my devil's advocate take. Okay. Two of them. I think the reason why I fully can't like rebuttal it is that like I haven't been to a place like the US Open. One of the things that I do know that I love about tennis and like going to tennis matches is how quiet it is. But that's mm -hmm. from like my own personal not liking very crowded, loud, crushing spaces where there are pe lots of people talking, which I know mm -hmm. is not everyone's experience. And obviously I'm not. And that's unusual for like a sports fan, I think. Yes, I think it very much is. I don't like going to football games. I don't mm. like going to hockey games, you know, I don't like doing all of those things, but like, I'm okay with going to a tennis match because I know it's going to be like mostly quiet and like, it's going to be, you know, about watching the game, you know, and I don't have to worry about some jackass behind me shouting racist slurs at a baseball player because that's literally happened to me I mean, did you literally see the video I sent of God. someone's yelling like, let's go Brandon behind me? Like, that's true. You do have those people. They're just fewer and far between. I think as long as the level and quality of play mm -hmm. wouldn't be affected, I would be okay mm -hmm. with it. But that's like my ultimate thing because like, ultimately, I, like, I'm so sorry to these tennis players. Tennis is not about you winning. Tennis is about entertainment. So true. Y'all are entertainers. Yeah, literally, like, y'all are entertainers entertaining. I guess you're athletes too, but like, as long as you're entertaining, it's okay. It's also on you to keep your concentration too. Like, you're not going to be able to control what the people in the crowd are doing. You can try, but like, you can't fully control it. The example that I was going to bring up was when I was in Bercy watching the match that Stefanos played against Mute. Um, mm. who Mute is French, it's a French crowd, and obviously they were real loud for their boy and like the yeah. people in the stadium were doing the fucking wave and Steph just surfed and I was like <laughs> that's kind of a sleigh though like kind of a sleigh yeah. just yeah. not be bothered there can be some focus issues but when he is focused he really can like tune everything out very well and I think it's also a situation where mm -hmm. like everything is loud so nothing is loud to be fair like it's not like tennis matches are silent all mm -hmm. the time like you know People are yelling. People are people gasp. There was a point during the Miami final in the women's match, um, Petra Kvitova versus Elena Rybakina, where Rybakina hit a shot that everyone thought was out, and people started like, like gasping and yelling and stuff, like, <gasps> like because it wasn't called mm -hmm. out, and people thought it was out. Like that's natural human behavior. <laughs> like you can't stop people from gasping. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know. I'm fully on Team Francis here, and it shouldn't surprise you because literally, like you know. 30 minutes yeah. ago, I was saying how I was like, mm, you could play tennis in the rain, like grow up. I also, this is something I am wondering though, how rowdy was it during the Labor Cup? Yeah, I was thinking Labor Cup as well. I think probably not as rowdy because people had to pay so much to get in there. You can't get the rowdy crowd. You know, JK Rowling really turning up in that Labor Cup. Thrash woman, I hope she had a terrible time. But like a United Cup? Maybe I just want tennis. If it's going to be rowdy, make it more of a team sport. <laughs> sure. Yeah. My, my problem as well, though, with this is that I think it would attract a crowd that is more like people who root for Nick Kyrgios. And those type of people, I don't want anywhere near tennis. And I think they are the ones who tend to get rowdy. I think that's fair. If we're going to get riotous, I need the girlies to be there. Anyway, Yanlitos. Yanlitos. Problem. There was a poll on Twitter. The people want to call them Sincaraz? No. Wrong. No. No. It's Yanlitos. I'm sorry. You're wrong. 
so wrong. Like, I will, they'll never not be on Litos. If men think that they can come up with portmanteaus, no. 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 Like, you will call them whatever no. the girlies end up calling them. Like, I'm sorry. This is just not your job. Yes. Yeah, like, get out of our space here. It's, anyway, it's Jan Litos. And if you don't know what we're talking about, um, this is the rivalry of <laughs> Yannick Sinner and Carlos Alcaraz. So we're going to be talking about that match where Yannick Sinner defeated Carlos Alcaraz. And I think I, did I see it right? Like, he's like the first person to beat Yannick, or no, to beat Carlos on all yeah, three surfaces. That is true, because he beat him at Wimbledon, he beat at UMAG, and he beat him yeah. in Miami. I personally did kind of expect a different outcome. Yeah, same. I'm so glad that we didn't get a different outcome, though, because I feel like if we got the same outcome, people would have been like, what was even the point of Miami? Like, it was exactly the same as Indian Wells. Do you know what I mean? Like, if that had happened, Mm -hmm. that would have been the vibe when that's an insane thing to say because the trajectory to get to that point was, like, so different on both. Like, it was just, (laughs) it wouldn't make any sense. And I also worried that people would start to think that their rivalry wasn't, like, mm-hmm. real or, like, they didn't have a rivalry or, like, Yannick wasn't a good rival for mm-hmm. Carlos. But if there's one thing about Yannick, it's that he's going to adjust. He adjusted against Carlos, and we love to see it. And I think he was actually quite close in Indian Wells. I know the scoreline doesn't look super, super close. I mean, the first I was in a tiebreak, but he definitely learned his lessons in mm-hmm. Indian Wells. Yeah, and people were blaming Yannick's win, of course, on, like, the physicality of Carlos kind of Mm -hmm. waning and people also had Mm. that take about the final as well like the Mm -hmm. ultimate end of the tournament saying people saying like you know Yannick only lost because Carlos was hurt all of these things and I don't know who needs to hear this but being able to stay healthy (laughs) like is part of your skill as an athlete so I feel like you just hear a lot and I have heard a lot that like, oh, does this match really count? Because the the matchup where you hear it a lot is the Yannick Andre matchup. But, mm-hmm. but people say like, oh, does does this match really count towards their head to head? Because Yannick only won because Carlos got injured. And it's like, well, yes, because if Carlos is more injury prone than Yannick, which he's not. Yannick is very injury prone and very like <laughs> although it's getting closer <laughs> it really bothers me when people think like when people try and discount people's matchups in their head to head it, it specifically bothers me with the Andre Yannick matchup Katie and I were talking about this but I do want to say it like their head to head was 2-2 but the two that Andre had won were because Yannick had to retire in those matches and people were like yeah so every time every day of the week Yannick is going to beat Andre which sure may be true Okay, like maybe true if he makes it to the end, he's probably going to beat Andre. That's that's true. But he's also way more likely to not make it to the end. And I think you need to give Andre more credit for like being a Mm -hmm. a hearty little man. Like he, he (laughs) not little. I take that back. Fuck yeah, concrete. We do. We say, you know, um, Yannick is very, the pH of my soil is too high. And Andre is very, fuck yeah, concrete. Like he can thrive Mm -hmm. and he's not going to get hurt. But I just think like people don't give that Mm -hmm. fact enough credit when they're thinking about a head-to-head just to return because of course i want to talk about andre but that few few tools comment that Mm -hmm. steph made andre may have fewer tools but his game style does allow him to be able to play more Mm -hmm. matches more tournaments without injury and because of that he has a lot more points and he'll be able to stay within a certain range of ranking because he can just play more Mm -hmm. matches and win more matches because he's not constantly injured i mean you look at someone like carlos 
Like, he is putting his body yeah. on the line. And, like, he's not going to be able to play a Masters 1000 because he's injured. I mean, the same with Yannick, the same with anyone who gets more injured and their games are, like, more versatile. Like, what's the price of versatility? Mm-hmm. Injury? Is that really worth yeah, it? Yeah, the thing is, like, when you Just have more tools, there are more tools to break. A, a bunch of, like, random drills and jackhammers and, like, all of those different things, like, they might break more easily than a simple hammer, than a simple sledgehammer. Shout out Matteo Berrettini. That is the most fragile sledgehammer of all time. <laughs> so fragile. That is a glass sledgehammer. But, I mean, you look at you look at Andre's technique, and I know we don't talk about technique or play on here, but Andre's technique is very suited to not get injured. Whereas Mateo, man, bends his wrist all the way back and is asking for an injury. Anyway, to return back to Jan Lidos, what I really was impressed by in this match is that I think Yannick really recovered mentally because he blew that first set break so poorly. I was like, oh, it's over. It's done. And I looked up and suddenly he was winning the second set. It was amazing. Was he, I think he was also cramping during the second set, which comes back to your point of like people being like, oh, Carlos was cramping. Oh, Carlos was hurt. I was like, I'm pretty sure Yannick was, he was also yeah. cramping. But Yannick also always looks like he's cramping. Every time the announcers are like, oh, is he okay? He's walking funny. I'm like, have you ever seen a Yannick Center match You've in your life? I've never watched a Yannick match. That's just like, how he walks. He just literally walks like that. Like, that's just mm-hmm. him. <laughs> Do you have anything else to say about Jan Lidos' match? No, I think Yannick is great. And again, like, the mental recovery, that's one of the tools. The body mm-hmm. holding up, that is another tool. Mm-hmm. Like, the box, that is another tool. I also think, mm-hmm. let's give some shout out to Yannick's box when he mm-hmm. made it through that match and made it to the final. Seeing, like, Darren and everybody get so excited and so, so hyped excited. for him. Like, I almost want him to win a Masters 1000. Just so that you get the, like, reaction from the box and you get to see, yeah. like, Darren and everyone <gasps> celebrating with him. What I really need is Yannick to win a Masters 1000, and I don't think he's going to do this, but I need to have a very similar moment between him and Darren that Carlos and uh, Juan Carlos Ferro had. You know, the hugging and, like, the very, like, sweet, like, almost father-son moment of, like, I'm so proud of you. <laughs> Then we had the final. The finale. Yeah, uh, this Daniil versus Yannick. Daniil beating Yannick. This was honestly really fun to watch. Mm-hmm. I thought that this was, like, I was hoping it would be a little bit more competitive from Yannick, but, like, totally understand why it wasn't. Yeah. And it was just so lovely to see Daniil win. It's something I'm getting really used to. Yeah. I hope I keep seeing it. He's number one in the race. Like, what a slay. We'd love to see it. Oh. Yeah. We're, we're getting to the end here. We're almost done. Very good win for Daniil. That's yes. what Katie wrote down in her notes. I agree. Yeah. Um, it was very hot. Uh, the real feel was something like 92 degrees, and that is just genuinely... Oh, the temperature was high as well. <laughs> yeah. The, t- the temperature was like 89, and the real feel was like 92. Like, that's not good for pale ginger boy. <laughs> like, and Daniil looked so happy getting this title. Like, I really feel like it was even more than usual. Like, he was just so just generally just looking like the happiest man alive. And I love that for him. I loved seeing it. He's so adorable. I think it's good. I hope it sticks around in clay. I don't know if it will, but I hope it does. I think a lot of his struggle on clay ends up being from his like pessimism about being on clay. And I think if he generally has a better attitude, then maybe he'll do better. But who knows? But yeah, I also loved what he said about like, he would love to defend one of his titles. (laughs) Um, Speaking of Monte Carlo coming up, I know somebody who has defended a title. Although that person, their last loss at Monte Carlo, Daniel Medvedev. So yeah, he did. He looked really happy. I'm excited to see him on clay. And uh, yeah, that's uh, 
going into the next point we have looking forward i kind of got a little ahead of ourselves but we have moved we're no longer on hard courts so now we are going to clay i'm excited for monte carlo monte carlo is my anniversary tournament that's the first tournament that i watched last year oh we got asked a question to define uh baby girl and baby boy the question is is danielle baby boy or baby girl because i'm hearing conflicting reports and i'm way too old to know the difference i'm gonna say these people are all baby girl. Yeah. Baby girl is um, a unisex term. Mm-hmm. It's um, if we like you, baby girl. <laughs> if we can ooh-woo-ify you, you're a baby girl. Is Taylor Fritz baby girl? Oh, yes. For sure. Okay. You saw his reaction to the kittens. That is most baby girl shit ever. That's true. He was brushing a, a kitten's forehead with a toothbrush. If that's not baby girl, mm-hmm. I don't know what is. Yeah, it's like you're baby girl or you're nothing. Like, I don't even think baby boy... Baby boy doesn't even need to be a term. Like, if you're insecure enough to be... To not be called baby girl, then you don't get the the honor of being called baby girl. It's true. Yeah, if anyone... Here's the thing, though. If anyone expresses a desire to want to be called something, I'll call call you that. That's true. But I do think you should be okay with being called baby girl and girly pop. Yeah. I mean, like, here's the thing. If you are offended by being called girly pop or baby girl, be luck- be glad I don't call you ma'am. I call you bruh. <laughs> Which for me, if I'm calling someone bruh, there's lots bruh. of people where like bro is their, you know, their term of endearment of choice. If I call someone bro or bruh, like, Oof, it's, derogatory. it's never good. <laughs> Gotta get out of here. But anyway, rate us five stars if that's your kind of thing. Um, if you're a girly pop or a baby girl, rate us five stars. <laughs> So true. Follow us on Twitter. Very fun. Backhands pod on Instagram. Backhands and compliments. Um, my Twitter is at tennis era. Katie's is at tennis brain rot. And um, if you want to email us anything, our email is backhands and compliments at gmail.com. We're just giving you so many ways to contact us. That's all that we have, uh, which is a miracle. Thank God. Because we. I really didn't think we were going to talk this long. I, I never think that, and then we always do. And then we do. Um, that's it. Bye. You to say bye or? Oh, sorry. I. <laughs> Dubai. Bye. <laughs> bye.